my name is Josh Racer. I am your faithful host, kind of faithful host, and I will be talking about the end of the season today, but before that, thanks for listening. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, not on YouTube, unfortunately, maybe we'll get there one day, because uh, I'm uh, building a pretty sweet Bengals wall behind me, so that would be kind of cool to have in, have in the background for you all to see. There's a new sports card and memorabilia stop shop in the mall where I live, so that was kind of nice to see. I bought a Joe Burrow wall art canvas, and I'll probably have to go buy some f- football cards or basketball cards from him as well because I just love to give my money away. But anyways, you can find me on Twitter at R-I-E-S-S-E-R-1-4. You can find this Bengals page at Ethos Bengals. Uh, Unfortunately, the regular season has wrapped up and our beloved Bengals did not make it because they cannot pull it out against the Chiefs. They uh, started out strong, but some momentum basically crushed it when Zach Taylor made a really, really dumb-ass decision. Um, maybe it wasn't necessarily the decision, it was the play that he called in the situation. I'll get into that. Because honestly, after that play, really nothing to talk about for the rest of the season, except for, uh, you know, in the Browns game, they got to play the backups because Cleveland already wrapped up the five seed, so they really don't need a play for months, especially with old man Flacco steering the ship. You know, he had to get some rest. But uh, good for him. He's been a fun story. It's just crazy that I think the Jets would have been in the playoffs if they would have kept Flacco. Because they they have a good young team and a really good defense, but clearly the quarterback play hindered them really badly. Anyways. uh, So yeah, Bengals, they lost to the Chiefs beat the Browns in a meaningless game. They finished 9-8, and eight, which is nice, despite, you know, a missing Burrow for, I don't know, seven or eight games. So I'll, I'll look more of that. I'll, I'll find out the complete word. But, man, like, beginning of the year, if Joe isn't isn't banged up and, you know, they, the Bengals pull out one or two of those games, end of the year, Burrow doesn't have a, broken thumb or torn ligament in his wrist. It's probably another couple games they can win. And they're sitting pretty nice in the playoffs, but man, health, health-wise, health Cincinnati did not have a great season between Cheeto and Jamar got banged up for a while. T. Higgins going to play. Just, you know, even the, the offensive line was healthy all year, too, which kind of stinks. You know, people are always hammering that the offensive line is like the biggest bugaboo for the Bengals, but it's really not Sure, I mean, I, well, I mean, that's a lot of people that don't even watch all the games for sure. Because Joe Burrow, something that he really likes to do, is well, something that I really hate, is he loves to go and empty. And when teams see that, they pressure the crap out of the Bengals. So that, you know, that there's a lot of sacks that given up that gets credited to the offensive line, but it's either on Joe for holding onto the ball too long or for, uh, for, or for Cincinnati being in the empty set too much. And, you know, Joe, he doesn't like throwing the ball away, like I like I just said. He always tries to make a, make a play, which was, I think, Jake Browning took a little too much of notes on that because 
that's definitely a reason why the Bengals lost against the Chiefs because Jake uh, just at times tried to do too much. He played a little too much YOLO ball and either like, there's an easy play on the sideline, just throw it away, but he tries to fit it in between two defenders and it's an easy interception. You know, it's stuff like that. You know, Joe doesn't do that kind of boneheaded stuff. Sometimes he does, but I mean, I trust Joe for my life. <laughs> just kidding. Alright, I'm going to shut up a little bit about other stuff and um, start talking about the, the games. I'm just going to kind of do a quick little recaps for the Chiefs and Browns games because after the first half of the Chiefs game, that everything just kind of pisses me off. And the Browns game, like, of course, the only time that the Bengals can beat the Browns is when they don't play any other starters. I, I think the Browns really are like 6-1 and one against the Bengals in the past three years or whatever that is. Uh... And it took uh, took us playing the backups, so... Yeah, anyways, about the Bengals and Chiefs. Starting out of the gate, it was... It was a really good game. It was really entertaining. I also had to work this day. This was New Year's Eve. I had to be at the bar, I think, at 4. So I was able to watch a little bit of it. Um, but, I mean, first... First few drives, it looked like we were going to get a slobber knocker. Uh, Bengals first... First drive, go 15 play, 60 yards. Kind of a, it was a lot of dinking and dunking, a lot of getting into third down, and Jake scrambling short for a third or for the for the first on third. Um, really, just all the way down the field, and unfortunately, it ended with the field goal. Um, you know, so it took nine minutes off the clock. Kansas City gets the ball, they go right down the field, seven plays, they go three minutes, they go 75 yards, and. It basically what this game was for the Chiefs is Mahomes, Pacheco, and Rashe Rice, who's becoming a really big player for them. Like, I would love to give him and some of my dynasty football leagues. He is Mahomes' like number one guy, and you can just tell that they have a really good rapport. So, <clears throat> you know, so like I said, they go down three minutes, and uh, they're taking off with a pass to Pacheco for eight yards and touchdown. So they're up 7-3 at this point. Since he gets the ball back in, it's like, okay, we got ourselves a game. And now they're just kind of, it's a methodical drive, 11 play, 75 yards. It takes six and a half off the clock. And so we're, we go, you know, pretty, we go into the second quarter with this one. Uh, Jake, another thing, another drive, just like, Mixon's running hard, Jake's running decent, making the short plays, third down scrambles. It's just, it's like I said, I'm a very methodical. They top it off with a pass to Mixon for a touchdown. So, uh, since he's up 10-7 at this point, and then you know what? Kansas City fumbles the ball. Three plays. Strip sack. Trey Hendrickson, one of the NFL sack leaders this year. And since he is not relinquishing any, like, they got that grip tight. They go down in eight plays and score a touchdown, although it took them eight plays to go 24 yards. And they uh, they get bailed out on a, on a pass interference call. Actually, and an unnecessary roughness call. So, two huge plays. Uh, keep the Bengals alive. They get pretty lucky in their red zone. They have a really good red zone defense, and in the offense, they tend to get a lot of calls to help them. Uh, this ended with another Browning touchdown. Scrambled. 17-7. Like, going into this game, I had no, like, I was like, oh, they might be able to, but I never had my hopes up high. But then once they got 17-7, I'm all in. Kansas City returns with the field goal, so 17-10. Cincy, three and out. Another field goal by Kansas City. All of a sudden, we're at halftime. 
17-13 Cincy. Uh, Kansas City goes three and out. And then this is it. This is the drive that kills the game. It's a, it's another one of the drives where it's just nice and easy. Like, Mixon's running hard. Browning loves some Tanner Hudson. Scrambling for a couple dinky yards every time. And then it's fourth down. We're on Kansas City 6. And I'm not saying that kicking the field goal is the right answer. I agree with going for it. It's fourth and one. Like, you're down in there. You've been moving the ball. Like, But the play call, it's just a dinky run up the middle. It's like the defense is for minus three yards. So clearly either something gave it away or the defense wanted it more. It's like if you're going to do something like... Uh, you just can't just run the ball up the middle every time. And I'm pretty sure it was out of the shotgun too, which I can't stand. Uh, yeah, it was out of the shotgun. And then that just sealed the game. It took, and then, you know, Kansas City didn't even score, t no one scored a touchdown after this. So it's 17-16 at that point. Excuse me, 17-13 at that point. Kansas City goes 80 yards field goal. So, since he's still in the, still in the game, punt. Another field goal for Kansas City. They're up 19-17 since he's still in the game. Another three and out. Okay. Kansas City, 13 plays, 40 yards. Defense is stepping up. Like, no one can complain about the defense. Another field goal. They're down five. Cincinnati is still down five. Or only down five, I should say. Nope. Another three and out. It's a sack, 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 sacks, penalties. Like, and they hold them to another field goal. They're down eight. They're only down eight. And they go nine plays, 13 yards, and turnover on downs. Like what? I don't. I don't get it. J Zach, another one of his boneheaded fourth down. He has to relinquish uh, play calling duties. It's so hard to watch this team when he does this every game. The offseason, that's something that gets addressed. But I mean, I don't even really want to look at the stats of this game anymore. I guess I will. Let's see. Third downs, fifty percent for Cincinnati. Kansas City was 25%. Should have won on that one. Let's see. No turnovers for the Bengals. Only one for the for the Ra or uh, not the Ravens. The Chiefs on that strap. Little sack strip. Uh, both teams had three penalties. Chiefs had 40 yards compared to the Bengals 20. So that's still pretty close. Bengals win on that one though. Let's see. Honestly, just. Bengals at a hundred less yards. Oh, here we go. They ran 20 more plays, had the ball almost 10 more minutes, and still had a hundred less yards. Like, talk about not being able to capitalize. Mixing inefficient. Really slowed down in the second half. Like, Pacheco, 18 carries, 130 yards. Rache Rice, 5 for 127. Mahomes only had one. It's like, gosh, guys. Yeah, so at that point, 8-8 eight eight, knocks the Bengals out of the playoffs. Move on to Cleveland. Where, like, that game wasn't even fun to watch. And of course, I had to work out that night. And the one time I get to watch a good Bengals game during the afternoon.
Nope, it's gonna be this one. What was me? Thirty-one fourteen. I'm not gonna do a game break. Uh, maybe I'll talk about some of the guys, but I mean, like Mixon had a big game, fourteen for one hundred and eleven. Oh, Charlie Jones, Chuck Sizzle was the leading uh, receiver. Uh, however, he did not eclipse my boy Andre Yoshivas, who just looks better and better each week. He's really, I'm so happy that since you drafted him, he had seven targets most of the day. Five catches, 36 yards, and two tutties. Like, he's so good in the red zone, and his hands are really strong. Like, the catches he makes are just, man, they're man catches. Chase Brown, 11 carries, 43 yards. I've bought him in a couple of dynasty leagues. I think he's going to be at least a, a lightning aspect to a, to a Bengals offense next season. Maybe like a little, little Braylon Allen action. I wouldn't mind them drafting him. Other than that, I don't think I really need to talk too much. Actually, I do need to talk about someone, Jordan Battle. He had a really good good game. Definitely his best of his early career. Uh, he started to get more playing time towards the end of the season with Nick Scott, you know, not being good. Uh, so it was, really, it was really, he had an interception. He had a sack. Four total tackles, two of them being for loss. He hit the course, like, two additional pass deflections. He looked really good. Him and I'm hoping him and Dax Hill can like sort something out. I mean between the, the two safeties, the linebackers and I guess the cornerbacks. I mean they're young, but the defense should be set. I wonder if they're going to add any in the pass rush cuz it can't just be relying on Trey. You know, so Sam Hubbard's okay. He's he's a good run stopper, but that's about it and you know, they need some interior pass rush for sure, especially like DJ Reader. Love the guy. Can't stay healthy. DJ Hill's been a great pickup from that Bobby Price trade. Can't get over that. That's one of the best moves of the freaking century for the Bengals. Maybe the best trade ever. Um, but they need help on the defense getting to that quarterback and just make making some havoc. Been, the quarterback has time to sit back and take deep shots. We learned this season that they can be exposed. Like uh, Bengals are very prone to giving up the big play. It wasn't that Ben don't break defense. We didn't see. It was a lot of just kind of break and hopefully they can do something in the red zone defense. So I guess that kind of transitions me to my next little. I mean, I'm not going to talk too much longer on this one. I'm going to do an episode about like reviewing the first round or the rookies and the team in general. But I just kind of have some questions going into the year now. Like, we'll start with Lou. Does Lou Lamarumo stay? Last offseason, he was a big topic for coaching change. He interviewed, I believe it was with the Cardinals. They ended up going with Gannon from Philadelphia. But with how the defense has kind of underperformed, especially compared to last year, I mean, I know there's a lot of young guys on the team, but I wonder if Lou gives it another year to kind of reshape or re kind of, you know, remold his look a little bit. I don't know the word I'm looking for. Uh, same with Brian Callahan. Like, last year he was in a few interviews, and this year already he's been mentioned, I think, maybe three or four teams. You know, like, the coaching carousel has been crazy this offseason already. It's not even the offseason. It's playoffs. Smith, Arthur Smith got fired from Atlanta. A couple big ones, like, holy cow. Holy freaking cow. Bill Belichick today. I'm recording this on, um... Thursday the 11th, the 11th, 
Belichick got canned. Pete Carroll got let go the other day. Mike Rabel got fired. The Raiders, the Chargers, the Panthers. There's a lot of teams that are going to have coaches. And it seems every every team wants to go for a, you know, a guy that's either one side or the other. And, you know, Brian Callahan has... The, the, despite that isn't called plays, he's gotten the Bengals top ten offenses the past two years, and I mean, look what he did with Jake Browning this past year. He, I don't, I don't know how much that's him or if it's Zach, but geez, like, he probably does deserve a shot. Like, maybe he would be the best bet to go work with Bryce Young down in Carolina if he can do that with Jake Browning. Who knows what he can do that with Bryce Young? So. It'll be interesting to see which coaches stay with the Bengals and which ones go. Uh, you know, actually, that kind of sound, that sounds kind of sweet. Actually, I kind of want uh, Callahan to go to Carolina, and hopefully that would make Cincinnati bring in an offensive coordinator that would want to call his own place. I'm not saying go out and get Arthur Smith. Don't do that. But it'll be you know it'll be fun to, to keep the guy on that, and you know like of course the biggest biggest thing is probably, you know, a thing that always gets talked about is T. Higgins, if he comes back or not. Do the Bengals tag him? Do they tag and trade him? Do they let him walk? I don't think they let him walk. From Joe Burrow's recent press conference, it sounds like he uh, he did some things in his contract that allows the Bengals to make some moves that will enable them to keep the big three together. But the thing is, like, should they? T's barely been on the field, especially the past couple of years. And when he's out there, it's not like he's lighting it up. You know, sometimes he does step up when Jamar's out. But honestly, with the emergence of Andre Yoshivas and Charlie Jones looking playable, I'm pretty sure Tyler Boyd's gone, so one of those guys will step up in that aspect. But, you know, Cincinnati also has to pay Jamar. Ah. Uh, does he get paid before? He he probably doesn't get a bigger contract than Jefferson, I think. That would be crazy for Cincinnati to have the top-paid quarterback and receiver, both from LSU, that's crazy. But then for them not to be, I mean, well, it all be, kind of depends on Burrow's health, but like at that point, Bengals need to be putting in big offensive seasons over and over again. Uh, DJ Reader's health, like, what do the Bengals do on the defensive line? <clears throat> Hendrickson had another great all-pro year, but he can't do it himself. DJ Reader's one of the best run-stopping defensive tackles. You know, Bengals haven't had a good pass-rushing D-tackle, and that was Larry Ogunjobi a few years ago. So, I don't know, maybe they addressed that in the draft, but everyone seems to be clamoring for them to move up and draft Bowers or grab a receiver but or right tackle but I don't know I don't even know what their biggest need is uh, maybe it is a pass rush but that said Miles Murphy you know they just burned a first round pick on him last season and you can argue maybe he was one of the least under or more, more underperforming rookies they did I'll, uh, I'll scoop up some more stats about him when I, when I do my next episode Joe Mixon does he stay does he go I would love for him to go. You know how you all you all know how I feel about old Joey, Joey Mixie. I believe he is under contract for another year, but they can easily get out of that. And I think they save like three million dead cap. It could be you know changing like between Tyler Board and Joe Mixon. I think it's time. 
time to get some more youth, some more speed. It's like some more explosiveness. Uh, you know, Chase Brown really looked good towards the end of the year when he had his number called. Like, I think he still registered the second fastest speed in the NFL this season on that screen pass he took to the Hezzy. You know, let's get a big bruiser, a.k.a. Braylon Allen, to go pair with him, and let's, you know, let's have a fun running game. A little, they can be the Thunder and Lightning, or something Tiger-esque that I can come up with. I don't know. But, I, like, it'll be a fun offseason to see what happens. Do they draft left guard and upgrade over Volson? I thought that was their weakest point of the offensive line, not Jonah. But maybe, I, I, I don't know, if his, I think his contract is up, too. So there's a lot of questions. Will Joe Burrow be healthy? That's a big one, huh? When will he be healthy? When will he be ready to throw? Are they going to let him throw in the FC? Like, I mean, obviously they're going to let him throw, but like, like I keep saying, put his ass in bubble wrap. I'm tired of him being hurt all the time. It's all about me. But anyways, guys, I'm going to call that for a day. Like I said, next episode I'm going to do, it's going to be uh, kind of recapping the rookies and maybe I'll kind of get into the, the playoffs, what's going on there. Go Texans. That's all I got to say. I can't believe the freaking Steelers. Steelers, Browns, and Ravens made it, in, and the Bengals finished 9-8. and eight. Like, that's really good. What a Like, the only division, I think, that had all winning records. And I can't believe the Steelers got in. That burns my butt. Cincinnati should have beaten them, and the oh, and then he got Mason Rudolph just destroying us downfield with George Pickens. Oh, it makes me sick to my stomach. On that note, I'm gonna go throw up, probably through both ends. Like I said earlier, my name is Josh Reeser. You can find me on Twitter at r i e s s e r one four, and you can find this page at Ethel's Bengals. Appreciate you all. Be safe. Good luck. Good day.